Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, Kathy and I saw a commercial that we'd seen in a previous year, and it made me laugh out loud. I think you'll know the sponsor of it. It's a certain insurance company that's promising us 15% off if we'll sign up with them. They seem to have some of the funniest commercials, and this one didn't disappoint. In fact, it made me laugh. The scene, maybe you can picture it, is some teenagers, three or four of them. They are stuck out in the country on a dark and stormy night, and the only refuge they have is to walk up to a horrible-looking house. It looks haunted. You can just tell from the look and from the music, this is not the place to go, but that, of course, is where they go, and they start to walk up to it, and one of the kids says, let's, let's go up and knock on the door, and one of the girls says, why don't we just get into the running car that's right over there? But one of the other kids chimes in and says, no, no, we should go up. And the other boy says, let's hide. Let's hide behind that wall of chainsaws. And then, then the camera goes to the psychotic-looking man who's obviously the killer that you're expecting to see and he breaks that fourth wall in the commercial and he looks at the camera and he just kind of shakes his head. Then comes the line, if you're stuck out in a horror movie, you make bad choices. That's just what you do. And then comes the commercial offering to us to uh, make a wise choice about our insurance. Doesn't it seem that way that in horror movies, if you've ever, ever watched one, people make bad choices? But that's the point, isn't it? In fact, that's why some people go to watch horror movies in the theater. To be in the midst of a bunch of people experiencing the silliness of the choices that are being made. You can probably imagine if you've not done it, you can imagine this. You're in a packed theater. Horrible things can happen up on the screen, and another one of the characters is about to make a horrible choice to go where they shouldn't go, and somebody three rows back in this packed theater stands up and kind of kiddingly, kind of seriously, yells at the screen, don't go in there, they'll kill you. And that's why you've gone, at least for those who go. That's why you've gone, for that community experience, and in a way, for the fun of that voice. Fun in the midst of fear. We're not going to have fun the next three Sundays. But we will have peace. We will have joy and hope. But if we listen, we will also have horror. As we listen to the gospel lesson tonight in Matthew chapter 25, if we're really listening, there's something horrible about it. 
For the next three weeks, all of our gospel lessons are going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is in Holy Week at this point. He has warned and he has comforted. And now it is time as he draws closer to the cross to tell the truth about Judgment Day, that it is coming, that there is a point at which you will celebrate the last of your holidays. And so, in Matthew 25, he begins with the parable of the ten virgins, bridesmaids. And in a way, we're watching it on the big screen. So we picture this scene that Jesus paints Ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. And there is something horrible about it. But not at first. At first, you hear this story that Jesus is telling. And it actually brings up all kinds of questions in our minds. Questions that have the potential to distract us from the main point of the parable. The distractions include these. You might be sitting there thinking, ten virgins. Are they virgins or are they bridesmaids and why are they there? Where is the bride? Is she ever mentioned? Are they carrying torches? Are they carrying lamps like on the front of the bulletin? The oil inside the lamps We've always known on some level this is symbolic of something, but what is it? Is it faith? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it good works? What is it? Why are there ten of them? Why are they broken into equal groups of five and five, foolish and wise? And why? What's the first century wedding practice that this bridegroom would arrive at an unexpected hour? And why does he arrive at midnight? And then, when it comes time to light lamps, why don't the wise share with the foolish? And when Jesus has the wise send the foolish off to the marketplace, what marketplace for oil is going to be open in the middle of the night? On and on go all these questions And you know what they are? They're all distractions. Jesus certainly built them into the story. And yet, if we spend our time focusing on those questions, we will get distracted from the one main point of the parable. And what is it? You could begin by saying it is, don't get distracted. There is one point to this. We know that there are plenty of distractions in life all around us. Halloween is finished now. We're a week beyond it. But even before Halloween started the commercials and the decorations for the next holiday. And I'm not just talking about Thanksgiving, but for Christmas, right? And so the world begins celebrating, and it all becomes this big distraction from what is right in front of us. 
we are in the midst of a world that's always celebrating the next thing but missing the big point. We are in this world, but Jesus has said we're not of this world. And so today, in this world of distractions, we're going to come and listen to Jesus and his parable in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to listen to him because to listen to Jesus, to listen to Jesus is to be faithful. That's the quest. That's the point. And listen to him we will, even when he says something horrifying. That's what being faithful is. Listening to Jesus, even when he says things that grate against us. All these parables or stories that we're going to hear in Matthew 25 these weeks revolve around one theme, the judgment. I believe that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. And the point in time when judgment takes place is that point in the parable where the door shuts. And if we're listening, there's something horrible about that. It's a different kind of Jesus we hear when he says that. We are used to the Jesus who earlier in Matthew said, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them goes wandering, he goes looking after them, and he's obviously talking about himself. But not in this story. In this story, the five go wandering off to find the extra oil, and Jesus does not have the bridegroom going and looking after them. It's a different Jesus. Earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus has said when he was teaching on prayer, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened, but not in this parable. No, here they ask and they get a no. They seek oil because none's being shared with them. They knock, Lord, open to us. And the answer comes from inside. I tell you the truth. Truly, I don't know you. This is a different kind of Jesus. It's the same Jesus, but it's not the one to whom we've grown accustomed or comfortable. The door shuts, and it's shocking if we actually hear it. It's uncomfortable, it's a problem. And then comes that phrase, that sentence Jesus tells in the parable. Here is the bridegroom. And we realize that the arrival of the bridegroom is about judgment. In a world filled with distraction, he comes to judge. And in a world of distractions, we've come to listen to Jesus because to listen to him is to be faithful. So picture yourself in a theater watching maybe a horror movie where it's a fun event and maybe that voice three rows back does say, don't go in there. But that voice three rows back, it's a person with you in the theater, right? Maybe it's a friend of yours. It's somebody you're accustomed to. 
But when we're listening to this parable, we heard a voice like that too. But it didn't say, don't go in there. And we didn't necessarily catch it as an extra voice. But think of yourself in that theater and listen to the familiar voice when the teller of the story, the Lord Jesus Christ says, truly I say to you, I don't know you. Truly. Or in some translations, truly, truly. Who talks that way? Jesus talks that way. And it's our Lord Jesus Christ who's talking when he tells this story that does include the door shutting and that horrible scene. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who's speaking to his disciples when he tells this parable, truly, truly. It's not the first time he said this. Think back. In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, truly, pray. When he's healing, he interrupts his healing one time to commend the faith of a Roman centurion saying, truly, truly, even in Israel, I haven't seen faith like this. When he sends his disciples out as apostles, messengers, he says, truly, truly. Later on in this same week of Holy Week, in this same chapter of Matthew chapter 25, he will say, truly, truly. This is a familiar voice. This is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples. Even when he says something horrifyingly true, it's Jesus saying it. Because who is it? It's the one who's with us, right in our midst. And it all points to this marvelous, comforting fact in it all, that the same Jesus who will judge the living and the dead, who will come again, this same Jesus has the power to shut the door and used that power to come among you, to be your Savior and Lord, to bear your sins and your death and dying, and to stand in the midst of the judgment that we deserve. He uses his power to come among us, to be conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, to suffer and die and to rise, even when we won't listen to him. He dies and rises for us. This is our Lord right here in our midst, preparing a table for, before us today. And as bridegroom here at this table, he gives us a foretaste of the feast to come, which is a wedding banquet, the day of resurrection. So come to the feast. Come with a holy fear and a holy faithfulness, a faithfulness that depends upon him. Come in nothing less than repentance and faith. Come, because here's the bridegroom. He's here for you. Yes, the day is coming when he will judge the living and the dead, and it might be today. And this one who comes to judge you, most 
rightly also has come to redeem you most fully, most lovingly. What else can you say but amen, come Lord Jesus. And God's people say, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, keep our hearts and our minds safe in faith in Jesus Christ alone. Amen.